Well, what you didn't know, by the way, didn't they do a fantastic job? Give them another big hand. I know for a fact they've been working on this for months, and it shows. We appreciate all of the hard work and the effort that was put in. And if you're visiting with us, you don't understand that not only do you get to see the kids do a play today, but you're going to get to witness an absolute miracle in the next few minutes. I promise that I would only share for 15 minutes only. That is a miracle. That's what I say. If I'm over 15 minutes, somebody just shout, land the plane. Because you see, my watch went dead while we were in Florida, so I don't have any way to, to maintain the time. But no, the thing is, from time to time, as we uh, celebrate Christmas, we see the lights and the presents and the festivities, the songs. Someone always, at least someone, one, will always seem to want to tell me how, you know, Christmas, it kind of, you know, it's not really a Christian holiday. You know, it comes from pagan origins. You know, there's too much materialism and too much commercialism. Maybe we just sit and shouldn't celebrate it at all. To which, <laughs> then of course there's always the one who tells me that, you know, Jesus wasn't even born in December. And to which I would say, yes, all of that is true. But do you know that in the early church, early Christians wanted to do something to take back a certain season of the year. In the Roman times, they celebrated the winter solstice around December 21st, 22nd. December 21st, 22nd was the darkest night of the year. So pagan traditions celebrated the victory of darkness over light and warmth over cold. So as the early church was celebrating the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, they decided that there was no greater light that ever came than the light of the world who was Jesus Christ. And there was no greater darkness that was ever overcome than the darkness of sin and guilt and all that came through the curse brought about by sin that Satan originated through his temptation. And they decided that it would be a wonderful time to celebrate the fact that Jesus, the light of the world, overcame all of the darkness for all time for those who would choose to accept the sacrifice that he made for them. And over time, certain traditions developed. Martin Luther decided that to celebrate the eternal life that we have through Christ, he would bring in an evergreen tree to his family on Christmas Eve. And he would light it up with candles, those lights representing Jesus being the light of the world. Holly represented the thorns in the crown of Jesus. Gift-giving represented the wise men as they came and brought gifts to the real true King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But one of my favorite stories about Christmas is probably one that you've already heard at some point. It was about a candy maker many years ago in Indiana who wanted to find a way to celebrate Jesus. And he thought the best way might be through a candy cane. So he said, how can I do this to show what Jesus has done? So he decided he would make the candy hard, representing the fact that Jesus is like a solid rock. And he decided he would make it in the shape of a J for Jesus. And it would also look like a shepherd's staff because he's the great shepherd of the sheep who gave his life for all and was willing to leave the 99 to go find the one that had wandered away. 
He said that he put stripes around it, representing the stripes that Jesus took on his back so that we could have freedom and healing. He said that he make those stripes red, representing the blood of Jesus. I love that story. Because Jesus really is the only foundation we can stand on. You know, life is tough. Especially this time of year. Even in this room, there are some of you that aren't really excited about Christmas. It's hard to get excited about anything because life is hard right now. Maybe it's because of disease and pain in your body. Maybe it's because of things going on in your family. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe your life feels like it's falling apart. But the fact is, one time many, many years ago, and it doesn't really matter what time of year it was, there was a king that was born. They couldn't find any room for him because everybody had come into Bethlehem or their hometown to be taxed. And so they put him off in an inn or in a manger, basically in a, in a cave. And the king of all kings was born in basically a trough wrapped with rags, not in a castle. He wasn't lauded with fanfare and trumpets. But the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords was born in the most common way and the announcement of his birth was made not to lords and ladies but to shepherds out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. The interesting thing is to be as close as they were to Bethlehem means that those shepherds were probably watching the lambs that would one day be sacrificed. The reason they would be sacrificed is because under the old covenant there had to be the sacrificial lambs whose blood was shed to cover the sins of the people because the Bible says without the shedding of blood there is no remittance of, of sin. And it was probably those very shepherds guarding those very sheep to which the announcement was made that unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And some of the greatest words ever uttered where because of this birth, the angel said, now forevermore on earth there is peace, goodwill toward men. Now I know you can watch the news and you say, where is peace? He wasn't talking about peace out in the natural realm. One day the Prince of Peace will come and there will be peace on this earth in the natural realm. But many people in this room can testify today that they have a peace in their hearts. And they found that peace in their hearts the day that they allowed Jesus, the King, to enter in. He can bring peace where there is none. He can bring hope where there was none. He did that then and He still does that today. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5, says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. Why? To redeem, to release, to buy back, to ransom, to set free those who were under the law so that we might receive the adoption of sons. Whereby He sends us His Spirit so we cry out, Abba, Father. No matter where you're at today, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's happening, Jesus came and He's alive. And He came to bring peace to your spirit and hope to your heart, reconciliation in your family, freedom in your spirit, 
joy in your soul. He's the only one who can do it, but he absolutely can. You can ask many people in this room and they'll testify to the fact that though their lives may not be perfect, they are free. And though they may have problems, they also have peace. And though everything in their world or in their family may not be right, they always have hope. All because of Jesus, this King who came. The wise men brought him gifts that first time, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But the only gift he ever wanted was you. In the book of Hebrews, the Bible says in chapter 12, talking about Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. (laughs) The joy that was set before him. One day I realized what that was talking about. The joy that was set before him was you. The joy that was set before him was me. See, until he came, we had no hope. Until he came, there was nothing to look forward to. But since he's come, we have freedom, or we can, because of Jesus. He paid the price so that you can know forgiveness. He paid the price so that you can know hope and peace. I'm going to ask everybody in the room, if you would, to bow your heads with me for just a moment. Everyone in this play did a fantastic job of presenting what really the Christmas celebration is all about. It's about the gift that Jesus gave to us so that we can truly be free to give to others. But the greatest gift that was ever given was forgiveness of sin and freedom, and that only comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. And if perchance you're here today without knowing Jesus, He's far more than a baby in a manger, He's alive. He took your sin, every failure, every mistake, everything that you and I have ever done, He took upon Himself to a cross and He suffered and He died. And He rose again on the third day and His blood forever screams, you're free. His blood forever cries, there's hope. His blood forever says, you're loved. There's a reason to live because of Jesus. If you don't know him, I'd love to give you the chance to do that today. If you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ and you would love to do that this morning, you will receive the greatest gift you've ever had, forgiveness and freedom for your sin. But you'll also give the one and only gift that Jesus longs for, your life. Because he loves you so much. If you've never given your heart to Jesus and you would love to do that now, would you lift your hand anywhere in this room if there's anybody like that? Okay, then secondly, Christians in this house, just because you know Jesus doesn't mean life is perfect, I know. It gets hard sometimes. Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer, because I've overcome the world. He's the gift that keeps giving. Every day he's there with you. He loves you, and he's able to bring peace and hope into your life. You may be a Christian, but if you're struggling during this holiday season, I'd love to just say a word of prayer for you today. Is there anybody that just needs hope, joy, peace, encouragement in your life? Would you lift your hand in this room? Nobody's looking around. I just want to, I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment, and I'm going to include you in it. God sees your hands as they go. If he's the one that brings the peace and the hope, 
He's the one that brings the freedom and the encouragement. He and He alone. All right, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody whose hand just went up. Lord, you know what's going on in their lives and their families. You know what they need the most. Lord, we sing the song this morning, you're the great I am, and you truly are. If they need hope, you are hope. If they need peace, you are peace. If they need freedom, you are freedom. If they need joy, you're joy. Whatever they need, you are. Lord, I thank you for coming close to them right now. I thank you even this moment they feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will bring peace and encouragement to their hearts, knowing that not just this season, but every day and every season, you love them. You love them, and you're with them. So God, we just speak freedom and hope over everybody in this room right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I don't know how close I got to 15 minutes, but that was pretty close if it wasn't right on it. Uh, There's something else I want to do before we let you go home today. I want to recognize a few folks that work very, very hard. First of all, one more time, would you give a big hand to the kids, the pre-teens, all the adults? Those back doing the sound and the computer, we appreciate everything. One more time, give them a big hand, would you? What a great job. What a great job. I want to thank all of the parents. There were a lot of moms, a lot of parents who worked on things like the windows and the the door and just different props and decorations for this. So we want to thank you. Would you give them a hand, all the moms, all the parents? That manger looks awesome. I want to thank Tim McPherson for taking care of that, building that thing, taking time to do that. How about the nativity over here? My understanding is it, it, it folds back together and pop, pop. It's just amazing. Chris Bryant took care of building that for us, so we want to thank him for that. And how about those awesome angels and shepherds and wise men? And their were they not their outfits great? Every one of those were hand sewn by Cheryl Meadows, and we want to thank her for that. What a great job! But this play would have never come together had it not been for two people. And that's Ashley Bryant and Catherine Hughes. They were the director and assistant director in the play. They organized it. They came for all the practices. They worked hard on it. I know they stressed over it because I've done a little bit of that myself, so I understand that. And uh, I know it's been a lot of hard, hard work. And we want them to stand and come up here if they would. Yes. We just want to give just a token of appreciation from the church to both of you. Just to say thank you so much for all your hard work. It was fantastic. did a great job. Give them a big hand, would you? Nothing like this gets done without a lot of hard work and effort. I'll tell you one thing. I think next time I come in to lead worship, I'm going to be like these wise men over here because I want to... I want to learn to bop around like they did. That was fantastic. 
So uh, it has been a great day. We are so glad that you've been with us today. We love you. We hope you have a wonderful afternoon. We'll let you go in the grace of God. Don't forget, Wednesday night is our church Christmas dinner. Make sure you sign up as you go out at 6 o'clock Wednesday night. Next Sunday morning will be our Christmas service. We'll be receiving communion. Everything will be going at regular times. No service tonight. Be blessed. Go in the grace of God.